What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast, the first of 2024. Hope everybody had a great New Year's. We are here to recap the win that was on the second. Another home dub. Getting the Dogs to 2-1 in conference play. We will talk about that game as well as the game tomorrow night. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it's a game tomorrow night we would like to go to, weather permitting. Uh, you know, it's always fun to go to that game. We'll talk about the Redbirds at the end of this. But this was this will mainly be about Belmont and that crazy game that was. We found out a lot pregame. We found out a lot near halftime. One of the just the craziest instances we can remember from a game, just how it went down. We're not surprised of who did this to a certain coach. But it was all in a game where we saw a lot of great things. One more notably that really was the difference in the game. We'll talk about it all. Like I said, and getting us to two and one, what's going on? Yeah, obviously it's a good good win against a, a team and defen- defensive um came came and show up against a really team that scores a lot of points that can score in the eighties, high eighties, nineties when they want to if they're on and um defense showed up. I mean, one guy gave us fits, but we took care of their best player and that's credit this team and they're playing defensively. But yeah, I mean had a good crowd for a Tuesday night during the holidays. I mean, 4,300 people, a really good crowd. Um, got to see a, a good win and got to get the two and one in conference is a big mark because we got to continue to go in before a rough stretch could happen. Yeah, we have three really hard games after these next two. So pretty much when we get back at home, there was news recently. I think it was around that game on the second that our game against Drake, when we come back home, is an ESPN2 game. So it's a big deal. You know, they're starting to work up those kind of flexing of games and this, you know, these national games more and more in conference. So that's great. So just around that. So things are just shaping up here. But yeah, before those three tough games, we are on the road. And that's, again, the one thing this team needs to prove is they need to get it done on the road. We'll touch on that near the end. Again, you mentioned the crowd. It was good. It was sparse and not not too big at first. Uh, but then, you know, they started to come in and it was pretty well. It was like 40 something hundred uh like 2500 less than the than the balloon drop but it's all understood uh again belmont didn't get that full-on thing that, that they did last year that uic got that just a couple games uh couple games previous uh let's kick off this episode talk about what happened pregame as i said luke martin said on his pregame conversations uh of the game uh he talked with brian about Cade because we know he hasn't been there we said oh is he sick is he dealing with his injury he is indeed dealing with his injury, and Luke said that Cade recently had surgery on his ankle, which was successful, and with that surgery, of course, Cade will miss the remainder of the season. Goal is to be active for off-season workouts. I mean, that's unfortunate because we, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, no, again, we have, we love to waste the, the freshman year of freshmen, you know, in terms of knowing they can impact, but they're not going to get the chance. That's what Sheridan's happening right now. But we know that's what happened with Cade, and we said, okay, he's hurt in the offseason, bleeding into this season. Just sit him out and have that medical red shirt and just don't play him. Uh, but this offseason solidifies it, knowing in a year where it just stinks for Cade. And, again, we wouldn't put it past, you know, and I'd hate to just put it this way, just a, you know, how everything else is shaping out, but that he could be playing elsewhere. And I don't think so. They said be ready for offseason workouts. I think he's still bought in, as we know. But it's been a rocky road of how he's been treated and his injuries – but you really can't control the injury part, I suppose. No, this is unfortunate for Cade. 
who great. I mean, of course, our big room this year is perfect how it is, but just moving forward, we're going to need Caden again. It's just it just push offs the you know him wanting to be able to be an impact for this team another year, which which sucks for him. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it just sucks that I mean, even if he was healthy, I mean. I mean, nobody knows exactly. I mean, is he still redshirting? Because it's just that kind of year because we've been preaching about a certain guy in that room that just end up having a really good game in this one we'll talk about. But he's not getting the minutes he deserves. So where does Kate even fit in that room? And obviously Jarrett is now in that in that with the waiver and starting to get a couple games under his belt. But, yeah, I mean, Cade would – there's things he can do that – Others can on this team that could help, but honestly, I, I would hate to see him in this in this team and playing four or five minutes a night because there's other guys in that room that's got to play a lot more minutes right now. Yeah, and it just the fact that knowing the eligibility and what people could be next year, we'll have the same big room we had this year. So that's you know he he'll be in the same spot with fighting for playing time and. I just remember saying the injury could be, the, you know, the injury was the worst thing for him going into the season. And again, it stinks for him. Um, he could be used in certain ways. As you said, four or five minutes just isn't enough. And some games you clearly get, you know, off the floor. Matchups wise, you don't play. As you said, we find that with one of his teammates that impacted this game big time. We'll get to this game here. We did notice also in pregame was um, RJ McGee wasn't dressed for whatever reason. Grades, which he's a grad transfer, so I think he's done with school. Whatever he'd be doing, could be pursuing something else within school. Not dressed, or he could be injured, or it could just mean, hey, man, you're not playing this year. Besides garbage time, that's really not what you want to do. I'd rather dress him, I guess, and say, hey, you know, if you agree, we'll just not dress you the rest of the year no matter what. So that was weird. We'll see if that continues to happen the rest of the year. Assuredly so. So that puts a dagger and official into what we knew two games into the season. RJ McGee was a big bust for this for this team in the offseason, which is just is just sad. The more we've talked about over this time. So we'll see if that continues. Uh no, we'll just flash forward. We'll get into the box score mainly. We'll pick player by player and the things that stick out to us throughout this game that each uh player specifically did. But let's start off with what happened right before halftime. You know, it was a close game. Uh, throughout, as we know, I mean, Malik Dia, of course, just an absolute menace. He's a freak. There's a reason why he was in the SEC. And then going across town to Belmont, we heard about him before the year, what Casey was talking about, and we saw every bit of it. He had their first 10 points of the game. Just a freak of nature. He was dunking on our players, doing everything. He was really the main part of the first half, keeping them in the game when, as you said, Cade and others weren't really doing their thing, but no other head coach got canned at half. Uh, and, of course, by a referee that has had some tough calls in that arena, and I'm sure everywhere else he's been over the course of time this season, probably in his career. Uh, no, this happened in a flash. Like I said, it was close. There was like a minute left in the first half, and Malik Dia had a play where they called a walk, which I guess it could go both ways. It happened so fast you could deem it a walk, and Casey was not having it. Went down the court. Next thing you know, he's teed up, and then he gets thrown out. He said something else after that fact. Uh, like I said, no, it happened so fast right before the half. And we'll dive into like the grand scope besides box scores of this game is I don't know if if Casey doesn't get tossed, we don't get, you know, four free throws from X there because of those double tacks. And one of the best coaches in the league doesn't miss and his assistants take over. I honestly think Belmont might win this game. Your thoughts on that and Casey getting tossed in general by, oh boy. Yeah, I mean, and people just 
real curious about obviously the magic words phrase always comes up when a coach gets tossed or gets a tech. I mean, it's just crazy. But everybody knows who Antonio Petty is. I mean, we know him well from earlier this season. Tried to cost us against Oklahoma State, giving Troy D'Amico that technical. And honestly, I mean, obviously it looks like watching film, you can't really read lips or know what Casey said. There's a couple words you can take out of Casey's mouth after the second tech technical, but yeah, obviously he must've said the magic words and got tossed really quick. Like, and yeah, I felt like his staff done a pretty good job. Obviously he probably talked to them at halftime. Here's what I would do, blah, blah, blah. But like, I felt like they did a decent job and kept them in that game for the most part. But yeah, I mean, it's just petty is just a terrible referee and something needs to be done about him. As you said there, there, his assistants did do a good job. It's just the fact that – and, I, yeah, he got a police escort to the locker room, and it's like he better not say a word to these guys at halftime knowing how close of a game it was. Um, excuse me. So, you, you know, it's like he better leave the building. He better go sit out on the bus and wait for him kind of thing. It's funny. And the maze that it is back to that locker room, he could be in any, you know, nook and cranny back there. Just don't talk to this team because it could have been a reason why – they could have went out and, of course, it, you know, throughout this second half, they grabbed a lead before we got it back and played throughout most parts of this game. So it was just it was just crazy how it happened. And, again, if we didn't get gifted four free throws from X, you know, that game continues to stay close. And, if again, one of the best coaches in the league stays there, no matter if his assistants preach the same thing or not. It's, I think it's different with the head coach. Like I said, they might very well win this game. But that was the most notable thing from the game outside of some – clearly the main tidbits, I mean – Something big, you know, also in this game, Jacoby Gillespie tried to dunk on Clarence Rupert and I could think of it. Yeah, it was on Clarence and a fast break and fell down hard and it looked like he hurt his hand. He was nursing it throughout the whole of the rest of the game. Um, had some kind of rap on it, had two different styles of rap on it, I think, throughout the rest of the game and wasn't himself. He couldn't really shoot all that well. He did some good things, though, and most notably on defense. They did video Casey after the game talking about it, and he mentioned, of course, he gave X his props, called him the best player in the league, and praised Jacoby for playing good defense on him, and he definitely did. So, it's again, overall, it's so weird how Belmont allows 80 points a game whenever really they're a good defensive team. D is a freak. Gillespie's good. Kate Tyson had a crazy block in this game. He He's a good defender in his own right. So it's like, how do you have all these breakdowns and stuff? So that's weird, but Gillespie did a good job on X to leave him 3 of 11 shooting uh, 18 points, but he was 12 of 13 from the line. No, the team was 23 of 24 from the line. What else stuck out to you in this game? Let's go ahead and dive into, you know, the players itself. And even on their side quickly, Cade was 13 on 14 shots. He He's weird because he's so good, but he needs to hold on to the ball better. I feel like he's not strong with it. It's like, like it was here last year, and granted he was a freshman, but even this year. So, like, we're just easily stealing it from him which reminds me, Noah, how well Trent Brown played at the start of this game. Uh, like I said, we could start with – let's start with Trent and what we saw. He was doing everything on the on both sides of the ball, you know, doing things that on one side on defense, stuff that he's done before in his career, and the other side he was getting others involved, which led to great things. Your 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 thoughts on Trent's game, like I said, early too is especially, and then who else stuck out to you? Like I said, we can go through everybody because all important 10 players played again – and nine played more notably than, of course, Trey is the 10th. But at least we got all those 10 players in there. Yeah, I mean, another 40, 
40-minute night for Trent Brown. I mean, ends up one of seven from three. Uh, not a great night shooting. He did the one three he did hit was at a big time to give us a little cushion. Did hit four free throws. We know he's automatic from the line. But, yeah, I mean, he had three steals. He was guarding some of their best players at times. He was stuck on Cade. He was stuck on any of Keyshawn Davidson, any of those guys. But, uh, I mean, seven points, five. He had five rebounds, so he's hitting the boards. They'd have three assists. And with those three steals I mentioned, I mean, he's doing a lot more than people think. A lot of people harp on him and stuff like that, like we've talked about before. But just a really good job. He's fully healthy, and it shows. He's been a lot better this year, obviously. Struggling last year with that back. So just another good 40-minute night. You're going to have to find ways to get him off the floor, whether that's, I mean, Trey Miller getting more minutes that he probably deserves and maybe playing him at him and getting X off the ball or something like that. But um, that's another thing than just other guards. I mean, Jovan Stulich still in a slump, 0 for 4, 0 for 3. Um, two of them were good looks. I thought the one, it was a bad shot. It was way too early in the shot clock. Um, but he's not afraid to pull it, and if we can get him going down the stretch in the Valley play, he's going to be a big key off that bench. But um, just other guys, I mean, A.J.'s back fully, I mean, 15-5. And, I mean, if he's two blocks for big and he's guarding K. Tyson um, and uh, also guarded Isaiah Walker in this one too. So he's really stepped up, obviously, with Kennard kind of hitting a freshman wall a little bit, but obviously – don't expect him or wonder if maybe he jumps into the starting lineup here at some point, but maybe keep it the way it is. He did travel on a very poor decision of him trying to dunk at the end of the game when the game was out of reach. Should have just uh, drove the ball out, but uh, we all know all remember Eric McGill doing a 360 and missing it at the end of the Loyola game and Porter just getting in his face at the end. So, I mean – Bad decision by AJ, but other guys stepped up too. I mean, everybody. Troy Clarence had a solid night. He did foul out in this one. Still another tough night for X shooting, but he gets to the line, so he's going to get his points every night. Did have eight assists as well. He still has some turnovers issues, but we're going to take it with the amount of times he has his balls in his hand because, I mean, Gillespie, even with his wrist, he was all over him all night and done a really nice job. Yeah, that's what makes me think moving forward, X, because it's like, well, he should be favored in every single matchup. You know, he struggled against Indiana State. Those kind of teams that have those really good, stingy guards, and that's what, exactly what Gillespie is. But the fact that he had one hand pretty much, and X, you know, struggled to get by him at times. And that's just, you know, again, it's like, well, maybe he won't get those absolute favorable matchups in the league. There's plenty of teams that he definitely will. But um, just knowing that there's some teams, especially that are of the caliber, same caliber as you, like Belmont is, that we'll see them again and we'll see what kind of thing they could do. And they'll watch, you know, other teams will watch film on what Gillespie did kind of thing. It's not like he, sh- he like, totally shut him out. I mean, he had a Kempom MVP again in this game, X did. So he did great things. I mean, he had eight assists. So continues to lead the league and, and assisting. But, I mean, won't lie. I mean, we, we were sitting there, too, and we said in the last game, you know, no offense to Lance, but – he was, you know, his obviously his shooting was atrocious last year. And we've seen bits of that from X here to, you know, almost not doing the exact same kind of shots. Lance was shooting from the half court line and doing some other crazy stuff. X is more disciplined than that, but he's still, you see the signs of, and it's like, we can't afford to have those kind of possessions, especially when your defense 
you know, is prone to having breakdowns as well. Next thing you know, it gets away from it. There's a, you know, three or five point swing next thing you know. So uh, we see it, but again, we're of course okay with it because he is our team. Uh, so again, X played well enough to get a Kimpom MVP and was almost perfect from the free throw line. So had three steals on his own. He came out early in the first half. I say early, probably about midway for Trey. And again, it's like they're listening to the pod. We've been saying that get him out at certain points. You had a lead even before media timeout or something. And we saw a play immediately where Trent got an elevator screen and he missed the three at the top of the key. But you see that kind of different offense that we've been preaching about. And we want to see it with X in there. And when he's not, that's what you want to see. And Trey did a good job of managing the team still at, at some points. Um, you went through a lot more of those. I'm, I'm not overly worried about Jovan in the grand scheme because he's going to get – I mean, he only played 11 minutes, and he was a plus nine. I mean, he could, he only had one rebound, but you saw the physicality. He had a block. He needs to hit those shots. I think three of the four – I mean, three of the threes, but most of them were kind of open. He, You know, he, it doesn't really matter what kind of – how much separation he gets. He'll let it fly, and they'll drop at some point. He relies on his corner three for sure. He sits over there a lot. Uh, but, again, all these ten guys were expecting – you know, now that we have who it is that they need to obviously produce and have the ball go in the basket. But I think Yovan will be fine in that sense. Jarrett forced some more shots in this game. He was a minus six. He was the worst in that regard on the team. Him and Kennard were the only minuses. Um, only played 10 minutes for Jarrett. Yeah, he didn't have a whole lot of fouls. He had one turnover. Um, Rogers, their true freshman big, he's legit. He'll be really good by the time he's really good now. He'll be amazing by the time he's an uh, upperclassman. He made it hard on Jared at times, and that's kind of a good matchup for Jared in that sense. But at four points on six shots, yeah, AJ is the dog of the game to me. I mean, well, for besides his his teammate, I mean, we'll we'll touch on Scotty, uh, but AJ, yeah, five of eight. He had those two threes that uh, you know Trent found him on. I mean, he's, he re- continues to rebound well, as you said, the two blocks, two twenty seven minutes. He will work his way in the lineup. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't if we see him in the lineup tomorrow. But that just makes it to where we don't need to phase Kennard out. They both need to play, and they obviously both will. But AJ just plays at such a high level that will be need as well. We missed him so bad. I, I just think about the Indiana State game. We still lose, but if we had Jared and AJ's aggression, we that game's a lot closer uh, than probably intended. But AJ was phenomenal. And then Noah Scotty, 12 points, like we said, six of seven, had eight rebounds, 16 minutes, a plus 13, highest on the team. I would have thought at one point Trent had the highest, like I said, at the start, but that phased off with the bad shooting. No, they couldn't guard him. And even when Malik Dia was in the game, he didn't really guard him. He was dealing with his own foul trouble, so that's probably why. But that's what we wanted to see was the behemoth battle down there. Uh, No, he didn't really foul as much either. He didn't have a foul in this game. It's like – and he didn't shoot any free throws, so they weren't even making him go to the free throw line – or anything like he was clean finishes and he was clean defense on the other ends. No, he's the dog of the game because it continues to laugh in the face of, you know, the team for not putting him out there when needed to No, what Brian said after the game, he was sick this past week or the week leading up to the game. And he comes in early in the morning doing all that stuff. So now that we know that it's not the effort, it's something else. And I don't know what it is. It might just be stubbornness by his head coach or something, but no, he was phenomenal. Your overall thoughts on Scotty being the dog of the game and being another dominant, having another dominant performance. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else uh, Saluki nation can say about this guy. I mean, he continues to prove his whole staff wrong and we need answers of why 
obviously he gave us the BS answer last time. Ronnie Watson asked about why he's not playing, but this guy had 12 and 12 points, five rebounds in this second half and helps you pull away from a pretty good basketball team against, um, I mean, obviously Rogers being a freshman, that's just overmatched for him and Scotty was hitting the board. So just continues to prove this whole staff wrong. And obviously I, I told you during the game, he's just getting his transfer tape ready because I mean, if Cade's come back and they believe in him, I just, this guy can go somewhere and start. I mean, there's probably teams in the Valley who would lo love this kid because he's just dominant. And obviously he can't play a lot of, a lot of minutes at a time, but he played 16 and he gets tired, but he plays his ass off and brings energy and helps his team so much. I mean, yeah, obviously him and AJ, I mean the bench, 31 bench points with him and AJ, and obviously Jarrett chipped in there too. I mean, the bench really showed out and helped you win this game, obviously. Behind X's 18 and 8, did um, X did get another Ken Palm MVP, so he's staying right there with Zach Eady. Hopefully um, the, the Illini can hold off Eady and keep X for tomorrow night. He can get another one in time. I'm so glad you said that because that's something we were going to also talk about in this episode. The first matchup of Marcus Damask and Lance Jones is tonight as we speak in about 30 minutes from when we're recording. So at some point we'll get off here and watch that excited for that. Uh, we will talk about that soon, but um, yeah, you're right. Just anything to hold off, whatever, to keep X at the top of all that's crazy. Again, what he's doing. I've been listening to a recent podcast, just people talking about college basketball and they're talking about X and it's just, again, he's getting the notoriety and we know he's going to keep it up. Quick on Scotty, because, again, these more stats that Luke comes out with. Uh, Scotty, over his last five games, 54 minutes logged with 44 points, 19 rebounds and four blocks, and 20 of 26 from the field. So, again, he's shooting – I think I looked earlier, he's like 70% from the field this year. It's like, how can you not play a guy who's shooting 70% and dominating and rebounding? He needs to play in every game. I don't care who, who – if someone's too fast – Again, he's he's quick. He runs down the floor, and he's a mismatch for whoever guards him. So he would be playing, fit as we've always said, what, 13 to 15 minutes, somewhere around 15 minutes a game. Make it happen. It's not that dang hard. Um, you mentioned Clarence. Yeah, he, he played well. He was scoring around the rim, and he was rebounding too. So it was a good game from Clarence dealing with Dia throughout most of the game. They were matching points at, at there the first part of the game. So Clarence played well too. So, again, ever, most everybody played well. You know, Kennard only played, um, you know, not not too long, 13 minutes or however much it was. Yeah, 13 minutes. So, like I said, it, it'll be better for Kennard over time. But that's the 10 who played, and they played well. I mentioned 23 of 24 from the free throw line. We shot 19% from three, not good, and 40% for the game. So it's one of those ugly games. We made Belmont make it a little bit more uglier, and not a person on their team had a positive plus minus. So they just hate playing in our arena. That is bottom line. Some more quick stats up here. Uh, with the ten point win over over Belmont, we now have nine double digit wins this season out of the out of our ten overall. With the lone win, of obviously the single digit win by Oklahoma State, that's the most in the season by ten or more points that we've had under Coach Mullins, uh, which was ten in his first season in nineteen twenty. With three of them being NBC wins, we talked about that recently and said, well, two of those definitely were that zero and eighteen Belmont that same season. So. Um, got to be specific on some of those. Um, and then, you know, obviously we talked about the, you know, set, we're second defensive efficiency, only trailing Indiana state, of course, and we're first in efficient de uh, field goal percent defensively and first and free throw percent. So again, we're, we're racking up a lot of these different stats and a lot of different wins. 
Um, so, no, overall, your your final thoughts of this game. I mean, clearly our offense struggled a lot overall in this. You know, definitely when they went, like, to a half-court kind of zone, I mean, Casey kind of mentioned that, what they did throughout the game. And, um, you know, of course, that's – we need to keep proving how we're like, like I said, whether X is on or off the court, just find different sets. It's the same stuff. And we kept calling it out. It's the same dang thing every time. I mean, we didn't touch on Troy in this game. Troy was fine. He rebounded, uh, you know, worked hard and was, was tired and came out, came out at some points, but was good. Uh, but again, no, the offense needs to get going. I mean, Ronnie called it first, first team at 73 wins this game. And, and so we did call it. Know your overall final thoughts in this game. And then go ahead and dive into the other Valley games that have happened and then that will happen here this weekend. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would nitpick about Troy's game is still three point shot selection is pretty poor for him. I mean, him and X, I mean, Trent had some good looks. I mean, Yovan, his two, Yovan and Troy get that quick trigger. And I just, I just, it, it, it reminds me of Lance Jones too much, bad, bad shot selection. And we ended up with 13 turnovers in this one. So turn it over a little bit much than we should we got to keep it right around 10 and under but yeah i mean obviously good like i said good crowd they're on a holiday on a tuesday night um and getting another win to get the two and one in conference play because we need to get momentum going and done a really nice job defensively against a really good belmont team i mean holding like you mentioned earlier Cade tyson the three of 14 shooting to get physical with those other guys i think that's really what probably drove Casey to the end of the wall because we were pretty physical with those guys inside. I mean, Malik Diaz, physical guy, but Cade does not like it, and we got after him, and he struggled a lot. So big win to get going in the right direction, get some momentum headed into the weekend um, on Tuesday night as well. UIC went down to Murray State, and the Racers get a win, 85-73, Brian Moore, Big time for the racers off the bench in this one. 20 points off the bench, 7-11 shooting. Uh, Jacoby Wood, 17-5-5, and, and did get his 1,000th point in that game as well, I think. So um, a good one for Jacoby. For UIC, Okani, 20 points, 8-13 of 13 shooting, uh, two steals, three blocks. If he had that, if he had 20 points against us, they beat us on our home yep. court. So, um Good bounce back. Skullball, 14 points on that one. So they had – they it was a decent game. Then the, the main TV game on CBS Sports Network um, ended up a lot closer than the score actually was. Drake beats Illinois State 88-71 at home. Um, I mean, Illinois State just struggling to score the basketball and to defend. Tucker, 22 points, had a big night. Anton Wright at 21 first half points and he didn't score the rest of the way because it was out of hand. They got a lot of guys some playing time. So big time win for Drake to continue to climb. Uh, interesting to see, to watch a little bit of the Redbirds. Obviously it's a big matchup with them tomorrow night. Then on Wednesday, Evansville went on the road um, against Indiana state shorthanded, still no um, Ben Hummer Hummerkhouse. They did get, um, Chuck Bailey back, but he struggled shooting a little bit, three of 11, but just, a, I mean, Indiana State just continuing what they're doing. They're only two losses on the year still. Alabama on the road in Michigan State. Robbie, Conwell, Kent is one of the most improved players in the conference and Swope, another big game. Bradley goes on the road and destroys Valpo. 
Big night for Connor Hickman. Bradley's glad to have him back. 28 points, 86-61. Valpo still without their leading scorer and Isaiah Stafford. So they continue. We don't know exactly. I should say Hummer House is they say illness, but they're not sure exactly when he'll be back. And same with Stafford. Uh, listen to Paul Warren. I know it was a couple weeks ago when they recorded it with them, but they're not sure exactly what the timetable for Isaiah is either. Then the nightcap last night, you and I goes on the road and beats Missouri State in a really good game, 64-62. Bowen Bourne looked like himself to close that one out, 21 points. Cesar Edwards, 25 points uh, for the Bears. I mean, really good off the bench. They did a really good job getting him in space. But Bowen uh, Hudson being himself, 19 points, and just getting other guys involved, um, really good. I mean, for – Missouri State, Chance Moore struggled, one of nine shooting, um, but Edwards picked up. Kramer did play in this one, 10 points, so he's back for them. Then just a little look ahead for this weekend's games. Murray State is at Evansville. That should be a close game. Missouri State at Bradley, Valpo at UIC. And on Sunday, ESPN 2 game, 2 o'clock, Drake at Belmont. Indiana State goes on the road to play Northern Iowa. If you and I goes on the road and wins that comfortably, um, you could see them run away with this thing. Yeah. Again, we've just hearing about projections for even like a loss total for the winner of the league. And March of the arch guy said five and a half or uh, Paul Orn gave us over on five and a half. And it's like, no way. Like I said, there's yeah. If Indiana state does this, as you said, there's no way they're, not, you know, if they go on the road and, and, and I mean, they're back-to-back games in Iowa. So if they do this, nobody is beating them. That's a fact. There are some really good games, though, as you said. Missouri State at Bradley's great game. And then those two on Sunday are incredible. Yeah, the big national TV game. Evansville held with Indiana State, though, before they did. And Indiana State finally pulled away. But some blowouts so far in the league in the first couple games. But obviously some competitive ones. That Missouri State UNI one was really good. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's ahead. So, uh, you know, in terms of, of course, standings-wise, we have – obviously, there's us, Illinois State, Belmont, Murray are two and one. We have we have four one and two teams, Evansville, Missouri State, UNI, and Bradley, both of them getting wins. Two oh and three teams, UIC, but Valpo, and, of course, the two three and O teams, Drake and Indiana State. Quickly, we are 88 and net. I'm just going to go off of what Luke has on his thing because we know Nets more through the NCAA. Ken Paul, of course, takes in so many other things into account. We're in the early hundreds, I'm sure. You said that we even dropped a little bit after this win from early 80s to about 88 where we stand now. That could have moved by the time Luke even posted that. So we'll we'll keep that posted for all those quickly here, Noah. I mean, as we know, as we said tonight, Marcus and Lance face off with one another We've always said how we wanted to get to some of these games. It's not always easy. You know, We maybe the game in Champaign we'll try to get to in early March, but it's like a couple days before Arch Madness. Produced 10.5-point favorites tonight. And, you know, it should be a special moment for those guys. You know, the fact that Marcus is coming off 32 points a game. You know, first game without Terrence Shannon Jr. against Northwestern. Crushed him. Of course, Northwestern beat Purdue at home. So it's kind of the correlation is really crazy. Marcus is averaging 13, five and three been playing phenomenal zero doubt about it. And on the Purdue side for Lance, he was interviewed talking about Marcus shout out Robbie Dozier with texting them recently about everything Lance in 14 games, 26 minutes, 11, two and three 
43 from the field overall. So, of course, both of them are starting. So, no, it should be an overall awesome game. Like I said, it's it's you know, it's a special moment knowing how great both of them are doing. They're legends at SAU, everything we already know. But seeing them on TV tonight will be awesome. Your thoughts on that in their first matchup? And go ahead and dive into the Redbirds. Yeah, it's going to be definitely awesome to see. Uh, obviously, um, hopefully they they both play well and it comes out to be a good game. And um, very excited to watch this first matchup, see those guys be on that stage. I mean, watching Marcus show his ability the other night, and obviously Lance is on the number one team in the country. So excited for that. Then, yeah, I mean, Illinois State Redbirds, obviously a team that we don't like very much. And obviously Ryan Peden and his young coaching career for them. I mean, it's a very extremely veteran team for this one besides a couple freshmen like Kingsiger, Kingsiger and Ty Pence, who both freshmen play, everybody else, guys like Ryan Schmidt, Brandon Lee, the Illinois transfer, their big mans are veterans down low. Then they got Miles Foster, um, Poindexter, Kazabuke, Jordan Davis, Burford, all veteran guys. And I didn't, didn't mention Kendall Lewis as well. So just a guys that obviously I didn't mention the big Dalton Banks, SIU transfer, who they did a piece on him. He talked about very respectable by him to come back. And so just a team that struggles really kind of offensively all year long. They have, have had some outbursts and have guys that can get it done with Burford. Obviously Dalton's had some big moments, but and Miles Foster stepping up rightly. But obviously I like where we're headed into this matchup. I like the matchups we have. I think we have the big advantage in this one. And I just don't think obviously it's probably going to end up being Dalton Banks on X, I would assume, because I think X is Burford, maybe just too small. X could get downhill on him, but I really like where this one is headed. A team that struggles offensively in our defense, defense travels. So as long as we can play it to our ability, I like us in this one. If I were to do a dog of the game, um, I'm going to go with Troy D'Amico in this one. Big bounce guy. He has a key matchup with Kendall Lewis to take care of him and when Miles Foster comes into the game. So, obviously, Troy playing big minutes for us. I think he can step up and some of those threes he's been taking, maybe he can knock down and help us come through in this one, but rebounding and guarding those other two guys is big key for why I pick Troy. Troy's a great pick because yes, Kendall's always been a thorn in our side and a lot of like the, the glue guy toughness kind of ways. And we know what, you know, they had Seneca last year, but Miles Foster is coming off obviously the, the bad Drake game as a team, but he was phenomenal against Kentucky, you know, so he's riding some of those and we know we can't shoot. So obviously stick to him, you know, not, let him shoot, and then obviously when he's around the paint, he's a lefty. He finds a way. So it's an interesting matchup for Troy and all those. That means Jared's going to have to come and play well in defense and score on those guys too. It's a big game for the forwards. You said mismatch on the centers. I agree, and we were talking after the game on Tuesday. We have two of the top five bigs in the league, I, I centers in the league, I, I think. If we're talking about, you know, Robbie, uh, Brody, and, of course, Dia, and if you put Clarence and – Scotty at their best, we think they're in there. There's some some guys like Hudson who's great for you and I has been playing great. So there's some guys, you know, around that thing. But just in terms of the mismatch, I mean, Lieb hasn't been – he's averaging 12 a game in every game, four, four points, four rebounds. We know we can block shots, do a lot of different things, but he's not he's nothing special. And, you know, of course, Ryan Schmidt, it's only playing four games. So just some of the guys 
they don't play a whole lot of big. So it's like, well, Kendall and Miles are their bigs and centers if Lieb is out. You mentioned Dalton, though. You sent me an article about, you know, him talking about, you know, how great X has been playing against his former team. Of course, he's looking to get the win, but he obviously was – was blessed with his time here in his three years. And, you know, of course we appreciate that and we hate that he left and let alone it came in conference. And now we're going to see what he's made of. And we were joking about, you know, points, rebounds, assists over under for Dalton. He's going to, I think he's going to try to play well in this game. hundred percent. The crowd knows where he came from. Everybody peeing, of course knows. I think they're going to try to go to him at times. And the matchups wise is why I'm going to pick Trent Brown because not only Trent and Dalton, they're buddies, but it's because, X can't take on all those three guards themselves. They, I think they start Burford, Dalton, and Malachi sometimes. So it's a matter of, you know, Trent being big. That's why he's playing 40 minutes because if we're not counting on Trey, which Trey has great matchups in this with like Malachi, that, that's why we're not too deep at that lower guard. So that's why Trent has the play line. I'm expecting him too. We need him to guard Burford, guard Dalton, whatever it takes. This should be an X game though for sure offensively we hope. We know we went in there last year and – our win streak was crushed at their place and, you know, guard guys like Jordan Davis who can hit threes that can matter in this game. We know uh, Lucas Supke can do the same thing. Just don't let some of these guys beat it, beat you in a, in a matchup versus a team that you need to show you're better at. And I'll preach it again. We need to show we can do on the road. Our next two are on the road. We definitely need to show it and a tough place to play. Like we said, we're going to try to make this game uh, all depending on weather, uh, so if we went last year and it was fun. So we're looking to maybe do that again, all depending, but it should be a game we expect to win. It should be a 10 man effort and all of that. Maybe some people show up to support the dogs in this game. So looking forward to it. Can't, can't overlook the Redbirds. We'll see what they're made of and we'll see what these dogs are made of on the road. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. Should be a good one. Let's get this road dub. Go dogs.